impact and fix spec, this is Founders Anonymous, the podcast that helps you move your business up a gear. I'm your host, David Trott. And I'm Chris Lees. Chris, hello, how are you? I'm all right, David. How are you doing? You've got a very gravelly voice today. Yes, I've got some sort of throat thing going on. It's not COVID, but I do have this ridiculous voice, which I I quite like. I'd quite like to keep this voice, but at some point it's going to go. I I definitely think you should be recording your 1970s style soul soundtrack just just to make use of it while you can. (laughs) Yeah, it's like that. (laughs) I'll launch a career as a Ken Bruce impersonator. How about that? (laughs) Awesome, awesome. So today, today we're going to talk about content, and I'm super excited about this. And the reason I'm super excited is I was always the guy in my previous jobs that the marketing person sidled up to and said, Chris, write us some content. And I got that look of fear in my eyes. What the hell content do you want? What do you want from me? So to actually talk about content with somebody who knows about the importance of content is exciting, and I'm hoping we'll learn a bit. Yeah, so this is one of my bugbears, right? I was stung by by the content machine early on. So a long time ago, when I first set up my music tuition business, you know, I teach jazz piano, and everyone was telling me that you need to produce content, right? Right. Um, so fine, okay, I need to create content. What is content? Well, I need a blog, apparently. So there's a blog on my website. Uh, I need to write stuff for social media. Fine. So I'm doing that. So I did what everyone does. And I just decided to write about whatever the fuck I wanted to write about. Right. Okay. Which I think we all do. We, we all do. And, and the problem is that, you know, certainly when I was asked to just produce content, I never got any sort of guidance about what is it? What's the purpose of this content? What message are we trying to convey? It was only just like, you know, it should be about a thousand words. <laughs> and, and all you do is like you regress back to being in school again of, OK, I've got to write an essay of a thousand words, you know, and you're more interested in the word count than the content itself. Yeah. And what advances your course. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think there are three stages to this. I call this stage one and I call it, I call stage one scattergun failure. Because okay. what you do is you just try anything. There's no real theory behind it other than I know I need to be writing stuff, so I best put some words down on the page. And yep. that's kind of what it feels like when you when you start out creating content. Yep. Um, and because there's no strategy behind it, you end up writing a lot of stuff that isn't effective. So, God, I... I went away and I looked up in preparation for this one of the titles of one of the blogs up for my music website. Do you want to know the title of... I think this might be the worst blog I ever wrote. Go on. Um, the title... Hang on, let me pull it up here. The title was Harmonic Resolution from a Dominant 7 Sharp 9 to an Augmented Tonic. Reharmonizing Chromatic Leading Tones in the Sequence 5 7 Sharp 9 to 1 7 Augmented. Is, is that actually a title or is that the first paragraph? <laughs> no, that's that's the title. That's the title and the subtitle, right? Um, 
because oh I sat God. down. I mean, it's just, it's just fucking appalling. I sat down and I thought, oh, what do I find interesting? I want oh, this chord sequence is interesting, and I like the way you can do this with the leading tones. And there's ways to play about with the harmony of that. And that's really interesting. I'm going to write about that. So I wrote a thousand words about that. No fucker ever read it, and rightly so. And I put a lot of work into this, right? Mm. <laughs> and I thought I was being dead smart and smug and showing off. Oh, look how clever I am. And what happened to those hours of my life? Like, literally nothing was achieved from it. I think that is, that's one of the biggest frustrations. You spend all of this time writing content that you think is interesting and, and nobody reads it. Yeah. And, 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 and actually, it's worse than that. You don't know whether people find it interesting or not because very rarely do people actually give you feedback. There's just nothing. Yeah. Sometimes I describe it as yodeling into a valley where you just you have no idea what the what the impact of this content actually is. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? The whole scattergun failure thing is summed up in one phrase, and it's the question, why the fuck is no one paying attention? What am I doing this for? What's the point? Yep. So you get to the end of stage one, you're a little bit demoralized, you're a little bit disheartened, you've put all this work in, and you go, well, it, I must be doing something wrong. So you move on to stage two. Now, stage two is the bit that incenses me more than anything else. Stage two, I have called listening to the bullshitters. Okay. So you go out and you search on Google and you try and find advice for what you've done wrong and what you should be doing in the future. And at this point, you encounter just the worst of marketing that exists online and it is those people that give you shit advice and that advice all tends to be things like how often you post or what time you post or that you need to be on x y and z platforms or oh my god uh, i can't believe it chris are you not on clubhouse yet why aren't you hosting clubhouse rooms you know are you serious do you not want your business to succeed why aren't you on snapchat what sort of business isn't on Snapchat. It's it's this sort of stuff. I just went on TikTok yesterday. I searched for social media hacks, right? Mm. And I found video after video of people giving you um, the truth of the algorithms and how you right. hack them. So one person suggests that you need to be doing five reels a day, 10 stories per per day with the advice that the first of the stories that you post every day needs to feature your face 20% of those stories need to be interactive with a poll or a question or something right and this is this is sort of presented as the truth this is this is how you do it do this and you'll be successful right if I were to sit down and do this 25 reels a week and 50 stories a week just for one account I, I would never do anything else. Literally, it's way, just... it's way beyond a full-time job, isn't it? And and the more content that you need to put out, the quality of each one of those uh, pieces of content falls precipitously because you simply can't invest the time and energy thinking about producing quality content. It's just about volume, right? It's just about being out there. But, but what you're saying is something I recognize because there are an endless supply of people telling me that I need to be on every single social media platform and, you know, posting on Instagram on a Tuesday morning. Uh, okay. It, it just, it seems like, it seems crazy and it never seems to get you anywhere. So I, yeah. I definitely understand what you're saying. It doesn't I've work. Really... It, it doesn't work. And, and this is where I'm going mm. to introduce. So I've created three laws of content. 
uh, how, okay. I mean, how arrogant is that? But I've created them. There are three laws, and I want to tell you the first two laws now because they're appropriate. The first law, what should we call this? Like, trots constant? What, what are these laws? Let me tell you the laws <laughs> first, and then we'll figure out a name for them. So the first one, law number one, and this applies across the board, the more opaque an industry is, the more plentiful the bullshit. Okay. Oh, yes. Yep. Okay. Um, and this applies everywhere. So um, the truth is nobody really knows how the Instagram algorithm works. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's maybe a handful of people in the world that do. They all work for Instagram and they're not fucking telling you. So mm. we can see stuff that, that works for us, but that might not work for someone else because it's all to do with context and there are thousands upon thousands of variables. Um, so it's an opaque industry and it's the same with SEO. Nobody really knows how Google ranks websites. So it's an opaque mm. industry. Uh, mm. And I'm pretty sure there'll be huge swathes of the finance sector as well that are fairly opaque. And the second you get an opaque yeah. industry, the bullshitters come out in force. The second things are a bit murky and cloudy, like how do you grow your social media account or how do you get people to read your blog? Suddenly this atomic cloud of bullshit grows mm -hmm. and it's it's absolutely infuriating and it leads me on to law two which is okay. this those bullshitters they deliberately feed you unverifiable nonsense that is designed to exhaust you because once they exhaust you you decide that you need help and who do you turn to for help? Well, the people that seem to know all the secrets about this opaque industry. So mm -hmm. with, like, for social media training is just full of people that will just feed you utter bullshit that is designed to make you feel like you don't know what you're doing, and they do. So therefore, you need to pay them to do stuff for you. That, yep. It's that simple. Um, and what it does is it just trains everybody that we're doing something wrong all the time. That if nobody's reading your blog, it's because you're doing something wrong. That if mm -hmm. nobody's following you on social media it's because you're doing something wrong because you're not posting 500 reels a week or whatever it happens to be right so you've got this opaque industry that's full of bullshitters who feed you mm. unverifiable nonsense that is purely designed just to wear you down and it's exhausting and i hate it and that is stage two where you listen to those bullshitters okay do you recognize any of this 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 story in, in I, your I reckon I recognise all of this story. I'm really hoping you're going to get to the solution. <laughs> and I definitely recognise how I'd summarise law one, which is bullshit follows opacity. So so the, the more peak something is, the more uh, bullshit that you get in. And you're absolutely right, in financial markets. At the moment, I'm reading the book Flash Boys by Michael Michael Lewis, Martin Lewis, Michael Lewis, I think. And, and if you read that book, you're actually astounded by the people that he's interviewing who genuinely don't really understand how trading markets work, and yet they are very highly paid traders. And the reason for that is there's this element of opacity around it and, and just bullshit, as you say, blossoms in opacity. Bullshit mm. blossoms in opacity, that's it. It's <laughs> so much more poetic. It is, that, that's, the, that's the, yeah, I definitely recognise that. And then the following the, the, the bullshit, yes, of course, nobody wants to give you the answer. What they want to do is sell you a service to get to the answer. They want to demonstrate your inadequacy because that, that creates more value for their service yeah. uh, as a solution, right? Exactly, so, exactly. I mean, this is the pattern of this podcast, isn't it? I rant about stuff and you manage to articulate it in a way that's quite elegant. So, yeah, let's... <laughs> 
let's let's keep doing that. Okay, right. Let's talk about stage three. So you said, I hope we're going to get to the solution. I, I want to talk about stage three because there are two versions of stage three. Stage three is where you sit there and you look at all the stuff you've done, look at all the effort you've put in, and all the advice you've tried to follow, and you think it doesn't it doesn't fucking work. Mm. And it's you know we we sort of encouraging people to create noise and it's just noise isn't it and why are we making so much noise and why is nobody listening to it well because it's noise so stage three at that point you can either get very disheartened and you can just give up and i have lost count of the number of business owners that i've spoken to that reach this stage and then do just give up well i could just go and get a job couldn't i that's easier you know someone someone could just pay me to do stuff imagine that Imagine getting a regular regular salary in your bank account at the God, end of each month. God, it's just a dream, isn't it? Well, I, I, or I could try and write more blogs about reharmonizing cadences. You know, what, what are you going to choose? So stage three, for a huge number of people, a lot of people give up. And I'm sure there are viable quality businesses that never reach maturity because they give up through following bullshit advice. And that really annoys me. So I, I know what you're saying, but I wonder if that's not that's not solely about social media marketing or marketing generally, right? There, there are there are people who give up because they feel as if their businesses aren't making a real difference, and and there is a link between those two things, right? If if you're slaving away in your business and you're not seeing a large number of customers come in, then you're generally going to think okay, uh, my business isn't making a difference. I'm going to give up. I'm going to go and uh, do something else. But And so then you've got to ask the question of why is it that you don't have customers coming in? Maybe it's because, you know, you genuinely do have a poor business model or you're selling something that's not very valuable to people. That's one option. The other option is that uh, you are doing the equivalent of winking at girls in a nightclub. You know you're doing it, but they certainly don't know you're doing it. And it is not a good strategy. Take it from me. Right. Just to but, clarify, you know, that was winking with an eye. So, yeah. So, so the social media is a way of getting uh, customers in. And if you're not doing enough of that, then obviously that makes you feel as if your, your business is worthless. Yeah. Anyway, so, yes, go on. Tell, yeah. tell us the answer, though. Okay. Because the answer clearly is buying services from Impact. <laughs> yeah, the answer uh, is business, pay, pay me money. No, don't pay me money. Listen to the, listen to the rest of this podcast, right? So okay. here's, here's what stage three could look like. Stage three could be where you get it right. And I think stage three, unlocking stage three, is all about a change in your perception about about what the content is there to do and who it's for. So the easiest thing in the world is to write a piece of content that's about you and what you do. The easiest thing in the world for me as a piano teacher is to write a piece of content that explains a nice chord sequence that I particularly like and how it can be reharmonized because that's something I would find interesting right but that's not that's not what content's there to do content is is all about your audience and your audience's needs it's all about them if it's not focused on them then it is just noise and it will fail it doesn't matter how many times you post a reel on instagram if it's not about your audience and if it's not for your audience then it is going to fail and all that bullshit advice from earlier is meaningless it's just going to exhaust you so for stage three to work it involves a change of perception where you realize that it's not about what you do it's about what your audience needs okay, okay. and this this is uh, law number three 
And law number three is is quite simple. The, the only people you should be listening to are your customers and your potential customers always. They mm-hmm. are the most important people and you need to obsess about them. You need to learn everything you can about them. You need to understand everything you can about them. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it starts with research and it carries on into conversations uh, and it carries on into questionnaires, taking people out for a drink and asking them stuff and finding people that aren't buying from you and asking them why. Because what you're trying to do is find that sweet spot. And the sweet spot for your content is where you combine what you know, your knowledge, what you can deliver, your service, and then in huge capital letters, flashing lights, what your audience wants, right? Because if if you don't have that, then nothing else matters. Let's go back to, to the worst blog I ever wrote. I wanted to sell jazz piano tuition to people that were starting out or were sort of at an intermediate level in jazz piano. And the sort of things they want to know are, how long is it going to take me? Am I going to have to do grades? Do I have to learn scales? Do I need a piano at home? Can I use this keyboard? How much does it cost? How long are the lessons? How long will it take before I can play something impressive? That you know, Not one of them is sitting at home going, fuck me, I wonder how you reharmonize the leading tones in a 5-1. Like mm. you just, that is not a thing. There's a huge disconnect between what I wrote about that interested me and what my audience wanted to read, which is what interested them. So I just want to, I just want to quickly mention that for a lot of people, this stage, this research stage starts and stops with their keyword research, their SEO keyword research, where you find right. out what people are searching for on Google. And I would just absolutely hammer home the point that that, that is just the start that doing that keyword research and finding out what people are searching for on Google, that's just your beginning point. And there is no substitute for actually having conversations with your customers and picking up the phone and taking them out for a pint. Honestly, I've worked with a business before that spent four grand on a market research exercise with a market research agency that was all focus groups and questionnaires and postal questionnaires, and they crunched all the data in it. The report was lovely. Understanding about their target audience was minimal in value the same business owners took a hundred quid put it behind the bar at the you know wine bar down the road from their office invited a load of customers and people that had rejected their bids and said come down have some drinks and i just want to ask you some questions and they got so much more valuable information about what their audience was thinking and what they wanted just out of you know, putting a hundred quid behind a bar and actually talking to people and having those conversations than this four grand they spent with the market research agency. And that is it. If you if you want your content to succeed, you need to figure out what your audience wants. It's that simple. Mm. And I guarantee the second you do that and you start writing for those people, whether it's a blog content or whether it's social media or whether it's something like this, a podcast or, you know, whatever content you're producing, the second you focus on your audience rather than yourself, everything changes and that's where stage three really comes into its own it's where you start getting it right and where you start seeing uh, real returns on the effort that you're putting in to create that content right and i, I think that's what you said there's actually really 
it's great in a, in a whole variety of different levels, not just on a, on a marketing level, but generally on a product level and everything else. If you're not giving the customer exactly what it is they want, then of course they're not going to come and buy from you, right? One of the things I do religiously is I really spend time writing up every single call and every single meeting that I have with a, with a customer or with a prospect. But the reason I do it is because I now have eight years worth of meeting notes that at any point in time I can go back to and have a look at and say, oh, hang on, like five years ago, he mentioned this. And that actually resonates with another meeting that I had just yesterday. And when you've got this big sort of this data set that you can go back to, suddenly you can start making connections that you might not naturally have picked up. Then you really find that you have this big... Uh, gold mine of information to, to go and pick stuff up on. And, and certainly in terms of <clears throat> producing content, the questions people ask you about your product or service uh, time and time again, those are, those are great for, for pieces of content. Yeah, um, I mean, that's just it, it, exactly that. It's joining the dots, isn't it? Get all this information, exactly. join the dots. And that is, you know, <laughs> that's your content strategy right there. Um, right. Yeah, that's brilliant. So, so let's try to summarize these laws then. So law number one, bullshit blossoms in, a, in opacity. Law number two, bullshitters blow you off course. Yeah. Uh, and law number three, focus on your customer. Yeah, that's it. Trot's constant. Law one, law two, law three. Awesome. Cool. Well, look, if, if right. any listeners have got a lot, if you recognize any of this stuff, if you've struggled with content, let us know. If you would tell us what's worked for you as well, right? Get in touch, podcast at impactbizbiz.co.uk and let us know. I want to hear about your content. Do you recognize the story that I've just told? So, David, it's time for that, that time of the week again. What's been bothering you this week? <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, this is a really quick one. Right, have you been have you been watching the football? I don't know. How, are you into football? Is it a big I'm, part I'm of not life? massively into football. No, I no, I, I love football. Like I I love watching the games, but that part of my brain that remembers football trivia just doesn't work. Okay, you know, and so much of football conversation is about remembering trivia and facts that I I just don't have it. My brain doesn't have that. Which is weird because it has it for other areas. Like it has it for music. I can remember recording artists from most of the albums I've got, but I can't. I could watch a game of football. I could thoroughly enjoy ninety minutes of football, and get really into it, celebrate the result in the pub with my mates. The next day, I probably couldn't even tell you what the score was. Like that, it just my brain just fills it out and it just goes. However, yeah. Euro twenty twenty is on at the moment, which is great. In in twenty twenty one. But yes, okay. Yeah. And so my daughter's quite into a football as well. So she goes to a like a little kickers session at the weekend where she has a whale of a time kicking a football about the park. It's brilliant. So I turned the football on the other day to the Denmark Finland game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I turned it on at like the thirty ninth minute and sat there with my daughter watching the football, explaining what was going on, pointing out the goalposts and pointing out the lines on the pitch and how people were kicking the balls and all that sort of stuff. And then at that very moment, Christian Eriksen collapsed, right? So, you know, it, it was horrific and very quickly had to distract her with a book and all that sort of stuff. But what what I want to rant about is is the way that some people watched that event, watched what happened... And instead of having the basic human decency of this is horrendous, nothing else matters right now other than I hope he's okay, this really puts everything into perspective, doesn't it? 
rather than having that response, there is a special subset of of LinkedIn assholes who, man, this would make for a fucking brilliant LinkedIn post about leadership, wouldn't it? Right. So from Sunday onwards, LinkedIn was full of these banal assholes writing things about what the response to Christian Eriksen's collapse can tell us about leadership and management, as if that's the most important thing, as if that, as if that's an insightful or even useful thing to contribute to the world. And it was just, you know, there are things that happened on that pitch that are inspirational. The speed of the medical response is inspirational. The fact they had a defibrillator there ready to use and someone that knew how to use it is inspirational. And thank God the guy's okay. Just mm. brilliant. But do you know what? Don't turn that into sort of look at me, look at me, aren't I a great manager piece of content on LinkedIn? Because not only is it just entirely tone deaf, it just doesn't add anything to the world. But but you know what? I think this links into the previous conversation, right? Which is that people just feel this pressure to constantly be putting out content. It doesn't really matter what the hell the content is. Yeah. But, you know, it's just I've got to post stuff all the time. And, you know, if I can try to make it sound as if I'm being a bit clever and a bit topical, <laughs> then that's even better, right? That's extra extra points. I might get a few more likes or comments or something like that. But it, it does strike me as being it's it's just desperation. It doesn't add anything. It doesn't, you know, it's not meaningful in any way. It's just noise. But I think it's just, it's a symptom. Yeah, it's a symptom it of you need to be there. Yeah, absolutely. I guess what I want is I just want people to have that internal filter where before you publish a piece of content, you, you think, is this adding value to my audience's life? Or am I just being a totally dreadful asshole by capitalizing on a horrific event that has a very real element of human tragedy? Like, just honestly, just bore off. I, I, I just have no time for that sort of nonsense. So I had a great time um, over the past few days of uh, unconnecting from people that had posted about it and also unconnecting from other people that had liked or commented on those posts. So I've had a good a good sort of purge on LinkedIn now. I think I've, I've de-assholed my LinkedIn connections yeah. over the past few days. Yeah. So there we go. That's well, a, it's a quick rant, but I think you, it's an important you, one. Yeah, it is an important one. Uh, the most important thing, of course, anybody can do from a demonstrating leadership and perspective is to recommend this podcast <laughs> on LinkedIn uh, heavily, like it, share it, subscribe, do all of that sort of stuff. That is the number one important thing people should be doing. Okay, rant. I feel awesome. better. I feel better at having, having ranted. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Awesome. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, look, that's, that's it for this week. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Get in touch with any stories or ideas you've got. We'd love to hear from you. Podcast at impactbiz.co.uk. We are setting up our social media accounts. Follow us at Founders Anon Pod. And yeah, and you know what? If you could subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow us on Spotify, that would be awesome too. That would really help us. And if you like the value that you get out of these podcasts, then, then give us a review as well. That would be, that would be amazing. That would be really helpful. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Founders Anonymous is an Impact and Fixpec production. Mm-hmm.